Are you a mom launching kids into adulthood? If so, you need to know about my Empty Nest Mom Retreat. It is the gathering for moms who have at least one child over the age of 18 or who have launched them all and have a full empty nest. September 27th through the 29th are the dates, and Cedar Lake Retreat Center in Cedar Lake, Indiana is the place. You can fly into Chicago airports and drive to Cedar Lake in a little over an hour. Come join me. Best value registration is available through May 27th, and space is limited to just 100 moms, so don't delay. Check out jillsavage.org slash retreat to register today. I just want to especially speak to that wife who is so, she just has kind of given up on her sex life and she's, maybe there've been a lot of tears, there's been hurt, maybe there's been infidelity and you just feel like it's just never going to get any better. And I want to really encourage you to try again. This is an area that all of heaven is on your side. Welcome to the No More Perfect Podcast, where we talk about the messy, less than perfect, but real stuff of life. My name's Jill Savage, and I'll be your host. I'm so glad you're here. Are you and your husband at opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to sexual desire? Do you argue over the frequency of sex? Is physical intimacy the last thing on your priority list, but you don't even know how to start making a change? If so, today's conversation is for you. Last year, I did a Facebook study of my book, Is There Really Sex After Kids? We had several hundred women in the study, and there were such rich conversations. To supplement what we were reading and discussing, I invited a few experts to do some Facebook Live interviews in the group. Since they were sex experts, I teasingly called them our sexperts. <laughs> Today's episode features the conversation I had with Dr. Jennifer Degler, one of our sexperts. Dr. Jennifer is a licensed clinical psychologist, a life coach, a speaker, and an author. Her interview was a favorite one in our study, so I'm sharing it here on the podcast so you can benefit from it too. We'll be talking about sex openly, so this is an episode you'll probably want to use headphones for if you're around little ears in any way. So Jennifer is our sexpert tonight. And uh, Jennifer, tell us just a little bit about how you kind of got into the ministry that you are in, particularly encouraging women, instructing women, helping women with God's gift of sex. I don't know that anyone plans on getting into the sex ministry. It's one of those things that you just like, how did I end up speaking on this? But back when I was a mom with very young kids, I was helping get a mops group started at my church of mothers of preschoolers group. And they asked me to speak on sex because it was February. And I said, well, I, I don't speak on sex. And they said, well, you're a clinical psychologist. You should be able to speak on this. And I thought, well, I, I, don't, I don't speak on sex. And they're like, well, come up with something. So I thought, okay, then I'm going to think of what I want to know about sex. What problems am I having 
with sex as a wife and a mother of young kids. And I'm going to find answers to my questions and see what I can do to help myself. And um, that's how that all started probably 20, let's see, 22 years ago. So I've been speaking and it's just grown over time because there's such a hunger and a need for good, solid, biblically-based, practical information in this area. So that's how I got started, and then it's just grown into a big ministry. I love, I think the piece that really uh, you do bring and that makes you unique is the practical. You really are very practical in the resources that you provide, in um, the instruction that you provide, and I really do appreciate that about you. Well, I always felt like I appreciate knowing general principles, but I wanted to know, like, how does my body work? Let's talk about my body parts. How do I make that work? How do I increase my sexual desire? How do I make my body more sexually responsive? How do I create emotional connection in marriage? All of those things. And I like to give people, you know, tools that they can apply immediately. Because I think, don't you think, Jill, that a little knowledge goes a long way in this area? Huge, huge. Yes, I would agree. I would absolutely agree. And it's funny, I kind of got into, I mean, I wrote my Is There Really Sex After Kids book almost for the same reason. I was a mom's group leader and so many women were asking me questions about sex. And I was like, I don't know the answers to these. And we were struggling in our own marriage. So I did the same thing you did. I'm like, okay, I got got to figure this out. And I opened up God's word and I just started reading a lot. And that was actually one of the very first lessons, one of the very first speaking engagements I ever had in front of my own mom's group. And that book has done very well. So there's a need for it. There definitely is. So, um, so let's jump in and um, let's actually jump right into the deep end because there's a lot of deep end conversation I would really love to have today. And you touched on something when you were just uh, talking about this. You said, you know, how do I make my body more responsive, more sexually responsive? How do I increase my desire? And that is a huge issue, especially for busy moms. And when I say busy moms, it could be with children underfoot, or it could even be empty nest women who are Mm -hmm. working full time and uh, helping with grandchildren. And I mean, it never slows down. Let's just be honest. So talk to us a little bit about what we can do to get the engine going, to be more open, to help get ourselves in the mood. One of the things I've uh, I've talked to the gals about already and it, and we've read about in the book is that, you know, sometimes it's hard to move from making meatloaf to making love. And so sometimes if we can move from the practical mommy to move to who I am as a woman and as a person and then move to that passionate lover, I, I can do a lot better if I work my way there instead of trying to jump there. Right. Um, so that's one of the things that we've kind of talked about. What else do you have from a practical perspective that would help us? Well, I just encourage women to go ahead and embrace the idea that they're in neutral sexually. That's just the way the average wife is. And so it's going to take effort to shift into drive sexually. And so many times wives will say to me, I, I think I, I think I have low sexual desire. I think I really have a problem. And then what I find out after I talk with them is 
actually, you're really normal. Your sex drive is what we call a responsive type of sex drive, where you really don't think about sex. Maybe one day a month around the time you ovulate, if you're still ovulating, you might have a, some more sexy thoughts, but most of the time you're just sort of in neutral. And that that's normal if when you finally do start having sex, then you're like, oh, oh, I do like this. I had forgotten. I do like this. I do like green eggs and ham. Yes, I am. And But you needed, your body has to catch up. And yes. so a big part of this process for wives is saying, okay, I just can't wait around until I feel all zappy and zingy and ready to have sex because you may be waiting until Jesus comes back. <laughs> yes. What you have to say, it's really a, a walk of faith where you yes. say as a wife, okay, I think it'd be great if we were sexual this afternoon, lunch, dinner, bedtime. Bedtime is actually not the best time to have sex, really. Earlier in the day, sex is better the earlier in the day you can have it for a woman. Probably even from a, a female, you're just tired at night. Right, too. right. Yeah. And, and fatigue lowers the levels of those sexual chemicals in your body that make sex feel good. And mm -hmm. so when you are fatigued and tired, your genitals literally will not respond as well as mm -hmm. they would have responded if you had had sex in the morning or you had had sex at lunch or you took a nap and then you had sex. Mm -hmm. So for a wife to say, okay, I want to, I think it'd be a good idea for us to be sexual tonight but I'm not interested in it right now. I don't feel sexy, but I'm going to start acting as if I do and begin thinking about sex, priming that pump. It's very helpful to take a shower, particularly if you've been in that mom mode and you've got kids all over you. It, there's something about getting in the shower that kind of helps wash a lot of that away. I encourage wives when they're in the shower, like actually stop and smell, you know, smell your soap, smell your body wash, stop and feel the feel of that body wash on your body. It's okay to touch your own body. It actually helps get you going to touch your own body and get back into your senses so that you come out of the shower and instead of feeling like, you know, I've been mommy all day, now I'm hot mama, but you've, <laughs> you've made some very deliberate efforts to shift yourself out of neutral and into drive and understand that even as you get in that bed with your husband, or maybe you're going to have sex standing up, I don't know what you're, you're going to do, that you're not probably even still going to feel that turned on uh -huh. and that at some point our bodies will kick in. Yes. But we do have to act as if, I mean, it's not, I'm not talking about faking. I'm not talking about faking an orgasm. I'm no. talking about saying, I am going to enter into this trusting that my body's going to catch up at some point. And for most women, at some point it does, particularly if they will give themselves time to have enough caressing. A lot of times we're just like, okay, I just want to check this off my list and then I can lay my weary head on my pillow and finally get some sleep versus saying, okay it's time to work on me, get yeah. started. Yeah. Um, and most men are like, oh, oh okay, uh, that's an assignment I'd like. But it mm -hmm. is a very intentional choice for women to see themselves as, you know, this is kind of a walk of faith. And if I will walk this out, at some point, my body's going to kick in. Yes. 
Oh my goodness, so true. And you know, one of the things I discovered is that it was funny because, and I don't remember where I read that, and I don't think it's a real statistic, but men, and this is a generality, it doesn't always happen this way. There are certainly couples where the wife has a higher mm -hmm. uh, desire than the husband does. But it said men think about sex once every 17 seconds and women think about it once every 17 days. And I remember reading that eons. In fact, it was while I was researching for my Is There Really Sex After Kids book. And I went from a woman who thought about it once every 17 days to a woman who was reading about it, writing about it, researching it. And I'll tell you, getting this engaged mm -hmm. sometimes is a huge part of moving out of neutral into drive as well, you know, that was huge. And so even in the morning, when you think maybe something's going to happen later in the day, maybe you, you know, even putting on a pretty pair of underwear or your pretty bra set, something that makes you feel pretty, it makes you think about the possibility of being together and what a difference that makes because you're right, we've got to get the body going, but also it can start up here. Right. Well, you have testosterone receptors in your brain. You know, you have testosterone receptors. You have them in your genitals. You have them on your nipples. You have them in your brain. You have them under your arms. I don't know why they're in your armpits. Just don't let strangers tickle you. <laughs> but you, those testosterone receptors, when they have testosterone there, sex will feel more pleasurable and you, you're more likely to feel aroused. And so, as you said, just using your brain to think about sex, I encourage those of you out there who love to make lists. When you make your to-do list, put think about sex at the top of your to-do list. Uh, mm -hmm. That's one of the reasons why we created Sea Wives, the Dare of the Month, because we knew wives needed something to help them shift out of neutral and into drive. And if they get excited about thinking about this creative way to initiate a sexual encounter with their husband, they're going to get turned on. Their desire is going to increase yes. because they're thinking about it. They're priming the pump and we need that help. That doesn't mean we have a problem because we need our pump primed. It just yes. means we're women. That's what happens when you're, you have more estrogen than testosterone. Yes, yes, exactly. And you know, that's another reason why I do, at least my husband and I found it when we had young children, scheduling sex was very helpful because mm -hmm. what it did is it made me think about it. Yes. I knew that on whatever days we had agreed upon, it made me get up and go, oh, today's the day. Oh, yeah. And to say, you know, about the mid-afternoon thing, I remember telling my husband, honey, I only think about sex, like maybe, and it's the slightest bit, like right around noon every day. And the man started coming home for lunch. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it is amazing. And two, here's the thing for a lot of wives, as the day goes on and you're thinking, okay. We need to have sex tonight. It's been a while. And you're just kind of, as the evening goes on, you're thinking about that. Oh, I've still got to do that. I've still got to do that. I'm getting more and more tired and more and more tired versus you had sex at lunch or as soon as he got home from work or first thing in the morning and then you're done yeah. and then it's not weighing over you. And yes. that can totally change your time together because as wives, we can end up, sometimes we'll pick a fight or be disagreeable or something 
as the evening goes on because we don't want to have sex with our husband versus just beginning to think of it as something you're doing for yourself. I think Jill, that is another really important mindset thing for wives to grab a hold of is when wives settle for, this is something I do for him. Yep. Then after a while you are going to lose your sexual desire. If it's, it's just something you do for him and sex will become just about him that once he's reached orgasm, you're done. And so instead, in order for sex to be good for both of you for a lifetime, the focus has to be on, I'm going to make this good for myself. He needs to make it good for himself. And together we're going to have a great sex life and for each person to take responsibility for their own pleasure. And that can feel, it's kind of a different thought process for a lot of women. Yes. Because it can take us longer. We need more foreplay. We need more time if we're tired or we just don't feel entitled. We're, a lot of times wives are thinking, I bet he's getting bored mm-hmm. with stimulating me. And if you're thinking that, I would just encourage you, just ask him, are you bored? Are you bored <laughs> right now? Chances are he's going to be like, are you kidding no, me? No, I'm not bored. I have a naked woman in my bed. This is like Christmas morning. I'm not bored. And so if you're thinking, oh, he's bored, it may be that you're getting a little bored. Mm -hmm. And so mix things up. That's what, you know, in our brains, dopamine, which is a pleasure neurotransmitter, is created with novelty. And so if you always, you're in the same place in your bed doing the exact same thing, Mm -hmm. then, you know, the pleasure can, you're not producing as much dopamine in your brain. So even if you just flip around and put your head at the foot of the bed, Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously you're keep doing this with the same man. So that's going to stay the same, (laughs) but just think, how can we mix this? Even small things for wives that are a little hesitant to try something a little more out there, then just try simple things as we're going to start out sitting up facing one another on the bed. Let's see how much pleasure can we bring one another and we're never going to lay down on the bed. Oh, that would be, yeah, that's a great challenge, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And just, and so that novelty gets that dopamine going in your brain. You get to laugh, which gets the oxytocin, the bonding hormone flowing. And all of that comes together to help your body create more pleasure and more desire. Right, right. And more emotional connection. Yeah. Exactly. So one of the things that you talked about is we have to take more responsibility for our own pleasure. And, you know, sometimes particularly when intercourse is happening, very few women, and I don't know, you probably know the statistics, I don't, very few women can come to orgasm during intercourse without additional stimulation in some way. Most need some sort of additional stimulation. And I think that oftentimes women don't understand that. So talk about that for a moment. So if you look at the amount of pleasure, pleasuring that's required, amount of stimulation that's required for women to reach orgasm, it's actually on a bell curve. In my Fan the Flame video, I actually have a little chart and show the bell curve. One end of the bell curve, you have women who have never had an orgasm, and that's about 5 to 10% of women. And then more around 20% of women that can only reach orgasm through self-stimulation when they're alone. Then you have women, this is getting 
getting a little more around 40% of women that they can only have an orgasm through manual or oral stimulation by their husband. And then when you get closer to 50%, you're kind of getting around where women can have an orgasm with intercourse, but it has to be vigorous and it has to go on a long time. Mm-hmm. And then you get over the bell curve and then you get more out where you get women that can have an orgasm just from brief penetration and then all the way out to five to 10% of women that can have an orgasm just through fantasy, thinking about sex or breast stimulation. And I have to say, if you are in that five to 10%, then holly jolly for you. <laughs> We're not worthy to be in the same room as you, but good for you if that's you. But what I encourage women is you can get from one end of the bell curve, you can work your way up. Mm-hmm. If you keep educating yourself about your body, mm-hmm. instead of just saying, okay, I, I can't have an orgasm or, you know, I can only have an orgasm, you know, this way to say, okay, that's great. I mean, it's great if you can have an orgasm, but what can I do to help train my body to be even more sexually responsive? Mm-hmm. What can I do to enter into this experience? And over time, and particularly as you age, you know, a woman in her 30s is more likely to reach an orgasm than a woman in her 20s. A woman in her 40s is more likely to reach an orgasm than a woman in her 30s. And that's true up until you reach menopause when it can become more difficult for women to orgasm. So working on that, and I encourage women, you know, try for longer and more intense times of pleasure. Don't just settle for, ooh, well, that, that I had that one little teeny tiny little orgasm and then I'm done. Well, who says you're done right after you have an orgasm is a great time for him to continue to stimulate you and see if you can have another orgasm. Theoretically, women can have orgasms forever. Yes, Um, multiple, much easier than men can. Oh, we have no refractory period. Yeah. And our um, our refractory period is kids knocking on the door and then the party's (laughs) over. Um, But to realize for a lot of women, they are not aware really of their true sexual potential and how much pleasure they could experience because of the way they're thinking about sex. I just got to get it over with and that it's really all about him. As long as he has fun, it doesn't matter whether I do or not. So changing that mindset to help you become more about you finding pleasure. Yes. And, um, you know, even being comfortable touching yourself, Mm -hmm. Um, because that is a, you know, that's probably a place a lot of us struggle with, but it's like, you know, I mean, we're okay touching our leg, we're okay Mm -hmm. okay touching our foot. There's nothing, is anything wrong with touching your genitals? And so being comfortable that, you know, maybe even during intercourse, you're in a better position to manually stimulate yourself to get orgasm. Yes. And as a therapist, when we're working with women who have never orgasmed, we do start by saying, would you be willing to self-stimulate by yourself so that you learn how your body works with the goal of eventually with your husband, teaching your husband how to stimulate you? And many times for women, they're like, oh, you know, I feel like this is wrong for me to do this and him not be in the room and I'm having sexual pleasure. But again, the goal, God created sex in marriage for oneness. And so the goal is oneness. So if you're like, okay, I'm self-stimulating by myself, 
for the eventual goal that we could do this together, yes. then that's okay. That's okay. That's working towards that goal of oneness. And then when you're together, you know, that is something that, you know, as couples become more comfortable with themselves and their bodies for them to, to self-stimulate in front of one another and also to teach one another, this is what I like. This is what would yes. feel good to me. And for many men, they find that very erotic to watch their wife self-stimulate. Uh -huh. Basically, I mean, anything will turn a man on. They just, <laughs> you just, I mean, really. Women are, you know, it takes, we're a little more particular. Yeah, but, we um, are a little more complicated. They, exactly. they are quite simple. They are very <laughs> simple. Yes. Show up naked and bring beer. That is <laughs> all they're really interested in for most of them. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's talk for a minute because we were just talking about intercourse and you and I had a conversation probably four years ago. Uh, you were speaking at the Hearts at Home conference, and um, I don't even remember how we got on the subject. I think it was because I ended up talking about some of the struggles we were having because I went into menopause because I had chemotherapy uh, six years ago, and that threw me into menopause, but it also, I cannot use estrogen creams. I can't do anything that would help down there. And we, uh, I've had several conditions that have actually kept us from being able to have intercourse for several years. And yet we have continued to be sexually active. Mm -hmm. And one of the things you said to me is, Jill, we have got to talk to women about having fun outside of intercourse. Yes. Yes. And so let's talk about that a little bit because, you know, in my case, it's because of my body and because of the cancer treatment, maybe it's pregnancy, maybe it's some other condition that doesn't allow intercourse to happen for a season of time. So let's talk about that, because I think that we really need to help women to understand that's okay. Yes, I encourage couples to, you know how we say think outside the box, to yes. think outside the vagina, yes. that, you know, you have to have intercourse if you want to make a baby. So we, we have to have sperm in the vagina to make a baby. But sexual pleasure is, you can have sexual pleasure all over your body. And God gave us hands, God gave us a mouth. And, but what we tend to do as a lot of times is we just define sex as a penis in a vagina. But as women age, the vagina becomes a less hospitable place. And as men age, being able to achieve an erection and to keep an erection long enough to complete intercourse becomes more difficult for men. You know, the statistics on erectile dysfunction, I think it's kind of a cute, it's kind of sad, but it's cute. Like 30% of men in their 30s have occasional erectile issues. 40% of men in their 40s have occasional erectile issues. 50% of men in their 50s and so on. So by the time you get to like 60 and 70, men in their 70s, 70% of men in their 70s are having occasional erectile issues. So it's very common. And for a lot of couples, maybe once he's had prostate surgery and he can't achieve an erection anymore. I have couples tell me, we're done. We don't have sex anymore. Our sex life is over. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. That man is not off the hook. No, no, no. <laughs> he has a mouth. He has hands. He is not off the hook. And for couples, truly, even when you're young, 
Okay, so let's say you're in your 20s or your 30s or your 40s and everything's working great. Yes. As a couple, make a point to several times a month that your sexual encounters do not end in intercourse. Otherwise, you're programming your brain to think we haven't really had sex unless we've had intercourse. So say, you know what, we're going to have oral sex or we're going to have manual stimulation or whatever it might be. And listen, not everybody has to have an orgasm. You as the wife can have an orgasm. And then you tell him, you know, see ya, wouldn't want to be ya, we're done. And then he doesn't get to finish. Yeah, turnabout is fair play. (laughs) So, but to realize, oh, okay, sexual pleasure is so much more than just a penis in a vagina. And that way, someday, because for every couple, someday, if you live long enough, it's going to be more difficult for you to have intercourse, but you can still be sexually active. And it, that can even look like, you know, for couples, just like taking a bath together, holding one another, caressing one another while you're naked. It doesn't even always have to end in somebody had an orgasm. But I encourage couples keep doing things together that roommates don't do. Roommates don't lay naked with one another. Roommates don't take baths together. Roommates don't give one another erotic massages. So keep doing that to keep the sexual spark there, the sexual connection there, because that is a big part of oneness in a marriage. Even if you cannot have intercourse anymore, you can still have a great sex life. Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, One of the things that you just mentioned there is you mentioned about oral sex. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think a lot of us are, what's okay inside the bedroom? What is okay? So let's talk about that a little bit, Jennifer, you know, when it comes to what is okay or what is not okay, do you have some guidelines for us? We can certainly look at scripture. You know, when God wants to be specific, he's really specific. And then there's other times where God is not specific. And so we have more freedom. Mm -hmm. And so scripture makes it very clear that the marriage bed is to be kept holy and pure. And so you're not to invite another person into your bedroom, either Mm -hmm. through the use of pornography or a threesome or an orgy, something like that. Scripture is very clear. Bestiality is wrong. So having sex with animals, homosexuality, scripture is clear that that practice of homosexuality is wrong. Adultery is wrong. But then when it comes to things like oral sex, Mm -hmm. well, Scripture, if we look in Song of Songs and we look at that as a piece of poetry and we see the symbolism of the garden as being the wife's genitalia and you begin to read those scriptures and the wife says, come blow on my garden, come north wind and taste its choice fruits. And I mean, it's just this side of nasty, you know, it's like, wow, this is some pretty hot stuff in the Bible. So within the confines of marriage, God gives a husband and a wife a lot of freedom. And always we want to make sure, you know, we wouldn't want a husband or a wife to do something that made them feel denigrated, that made them feel less than. But here's the thing, though, Jill, in order for things to be spicy, there does have to be a little bit of a risk involved. Just a little like, oh, we're going to do something a little bit different here. So if we just have this real small little box, 
Like we can only do, he has to be on top of me and that's all we do. Then, you know, there's no risk in that. So, but that's like, oh, well, now we're going to have sex standing up. Okay. That's something different. Or maybe I know you and I were, well, I was telling you the second most common question I get yes. is about sex toys all the time. I'm getting emails and women will come up to me at conferences and say, is God okay with sex toys? Mm -hmm. And I have to say, I do not speak for the Lord on the subject <laughs> of sex toys and that scripture is silent on sex toys. There were no batteries in biblical days. Um, <laughs> but if we apply scriptural principles to this, yes. then I encourage couples, okay, if you're going to use a sex toy, the goal needs to be oneness. So are we one with this? Are we both okay with this? Are we willing to keep this in its place, that this is maybe something we're going to try out, but it's not going to become the focus of what we're doing. It's not going to be something like every time we have to have this toy and it becomes all about this, this toy. The goal there is oneness. So, you know, for most couples, they'll play around with some sex toys, but they don't use them all the time, but they may uh -huh. use them sometimes, you know, vibrators for women, um, particularly as you age, sometimes that level of stimulation that you can get from a vibrator can be helpful. If you're having difficulty achieving orgasm and you need more stimulation, you do want to be careful with a vibrator because it, it can provide a level of stimulation that's much more intense than a husband could provide to you with his hands or his mouth or his penis. So if you don't have to use a vibrator, you just need to be careful with that. You might want to use you it to become, because you become used to that. Right. Then, you're you're yeah. training your body to this level. So use it more to get yourself excited and then let your husband with his hands or his mouth or his penis be the one that actually gets you over into that orgasm if possible. But for some couples that's not possible. And so that vibrator can become a very helpful thing if you just need that. But there's a company called MaryDance.com and you can use the discount code Dr. Jennifer, D-R Jennifer, and you'll get 10% off your order. But it's a Christian friendly sex toy website because so many places, they are not any place a Christian should go because the packaging is really offensive and the products are really offensive, but this is, the packaging is not offensive. There's not any pornography on the site. Also the owner has designed for married couples. Right. Right. And some of the stuff, Jill, that they provide is really helpful. Like they have wedge pillows. They're like a triangular shaped pillow. So mm -hmm. depending on if you have got back issues or pelvic issues, sometimes those wedge pillows can be really helpful in changing the position of your body to help you if you do have chronic pain in some way. Yes. So there can be some solutions out there um, yes. that, you know, you're like, okay, mama, check this out. Maybe we can, this position that you thought was, well, we can't do this position anymore because I've got this back injury or this hip issue. Maybe you can, if you had some kind of pillow to help with that process. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. So <laughs> one of my gals says, so why do I love the fact that she has a discount code for the sex toys? I'm here for it. <laughs> DR Jennifer, Dr. Jennifer. Yes. Get your 10%. Oh my goodness. That's hilarious. You know, um, our dare of the month for February, we always do a really big dare for February because okay, so you know, it's Valentine's day. 
Yes, so let's back up a minute. Talk about your Sea Wives Club and then what that dare of the month is. Okay, so Sea Wives stands for Christian Wives Initiating, Valuing, and Enjoying Sex because those are the three things that are so hard for us to do as wives after we've been married for a while, to initiate sex in a fun way, to value it highly. We tend to really begin to devalue it and then to enjoy it. And so at seawives.com or jenniferdegler.com, all roads lead to that same website, whether you go yeah. to jenniferdegler.com or seawives.com. We provide to help you initiate sex. We provide the free Dare of the Month newsletter, and you can sign up for that. And once a month, we'll email you a newsletter with a dare to help you in initiate a creative sexual encounter with your husband. It's nothing nasty. He might like nasty, but we don't do nasty. It's something mm -hmm. cute, just something mm -hmm. cute to get you going, to help you shift out of neutral and into drive. I'll give you an example. The very first dare that we ever did was back in July 2010, and I want to do something patriotic because, you know, it's July. Right. So I had you take three flag stamps, those little peel and stick flag stamps, and you hit them somewhere on your body. And I suggested you put one on the bottom of your foot, one on the back of your neck, and one in a more intimate place. But be careful because they're really sticky. <laughs> and then you told your husband, you said, okay, I have three flag stamps hidden on me. You got to close your eyes and just using your hands, you have to find them. And if you can find them, you can have sex with me, but you have to find all three before you can have sex with me. <laughs> and those, they are so slick. They're really hard to find, and he'll never think to look on the bottom of your foot. So you end up getting this full body massage, and you all are laughing, and it's fun, and you're getting a lot more foreplay and a lot more caressing. That's getting that dopamine in your brain going. It's getting the oxytocin in your brain going. It's getting that testosterone going, and sex is more fun. And so some of the dares are real simple like that. Some of them, like I said, our February one, we always do. It's kind of a bigger one. So our February dare this year was a pleasure chest instead of treasure chest. It was pleasure chest. And it's kind of a pirate theme. And we suggested you, you get a shoebox and go to marydance.com and order a couple of things and then put like some lubricant in there in your pleasure chest and maybe a bag of that pirate booty popcorn put that in there and then you know present that to your husband as your your little pleasure chest and so just thinking of fun things that you all can do together so that's what we, we provide that we also provide to help you value sex more highly the 324 club that's free too um, what's that well in order to join the club uh, until you could join the club you, you just have to have sex three times in 24 hours right I remember yeah. I, I yes. can't remember what the detail yeah. was anything right. counts if you think you had sex you had sex if you're both in the same room and somebody had a good time you, you had sex <laughs> And then once you've met the challenge, you email us your city and state, the date you met your challenge, and your initials or your pseudonym, and we will put you on the Sea Wives Wall of Fame on our website. <laughs> so we have over 550 wives from all over the world who have joined the 324 Club. And then if you want, then you can also order. We have thongs that have the little 324 Club logo on them. But it's really showing wives there's intentionality behind what we do. Because yes. again, rather than thinking, oh, we had sex, I'm done. I don't have to do that for a while. 
to just be like, okay, we're going to do this three times in 24 hours. How can I make this work? Come on home. Let's do this. And, and all of a sudden, and then the third time you have sex is so much better than the first time you had sex because you've gotten everything going. And so it's, and it's this great memory that you and your husband have created together. So Anyway, you can go to cwives.com. We also have, we have our decks of dares. We took the first 40 okay. dares that we emailed out. We sell that. And we just, this just came out last month. We now have a his and hers deck of dares. So oh. 20 dares for him to do to initiate a romantic or sexual encounter with you and 20 dares for the wife to initiate with her husband. We got a lot of women saying, how come I have to do all the work? Why don't you come up with something for him to do? So, and we made sure the dares for him, I put a lot of education in there. Oh, <laughs> now like slow down, make right. her wait for it. Women, I just tried to teach him a few yes. little tips in his dares. Cause you know, most men need a little coaching. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, this has been so helpful. I am just so grateful that you took the time to hang with us tonight and to share so much wisdom. We're just about out of time here, but it's been a great conversation. And so just as we're kind of pulling up here to a close, is there maybe just one last thought that you would love to share with our women that to just encourage them as they move forward. And we've got another, I think, two weeks on the book. And so anything that you specifically uh, would love to encourage them that we haven't talked about. My husband and I do date night with the Deglers on Facebook Live. And I, we do that once a month. And so Thursday night, it's actually this Thursday night on, on okay. my Facebook page, Dr. Jennifer Degler and Sea Wives. And we answer sex and marriage and parenting questions. So if somebody had a question they didn't get answered tonight, they could always email us their question and maybe we'll be able to answer it Thursday night at eight o'clock Eastern time. But in terms of, of really encouraging a wife, I just want to especially speak to that wife who is so, she just has kind of given up on her sex life and she's, maybe there've been a lot of tears. There's been hurt. Maybe there's been infidelity and you just feel like it's just never going to get any better. And I want to really encourage you to try again. This is an area that all of heaven is on your side. We don't always know what the will of the Lord is, but I can promise you the will of the Lord based on his scripture is that you have passionate intimacy in your marriage, no matter your age, no matter your stage. And so you can be very sure that God is on your side. And I would encourage you to really pray and ask the Lord, Lord, make me a wild woman in bed. Help my body to respond. If you're having thoughts that are distracting to you, maybe of the fact that he's looked at pornography or maybe there's been infidelity or there's been sexual pain, some sort of hurt, just ask the Lord, please help replace those thoughts. But really invite God into your sex life it really, truly makes a huge difference when you begin to do that. He wants to show up in your bedroom in yes. a powerful and a mighty way. So invite him in. Yes. And, you know, even um, praying after sex, if you're, mm -hmm. if you're both believers and you're comfortable doing that, but that can be a really powerful connecting point. You know, infidelity has been a part of our story. Certainly our 
sexual relationship after infidelity, it took time to heal. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes there were a lot of tears and holding Mm -hmm. during that time, but it has been fully redeemed, Mm -hmm. you know, it, and so I totally, I totally agree with what you're saying is that it really does make a huge difference to believe that God is on your side and he Mm -hmm. wants that. And sometimes there is a healing season if trust has been broken or something has been difficult in in the relationship, but it's not beyond God. He's the redeemer. He's the redreamer. Yes. And he specializes in resurrecting dead things. Yes. Yes. Oh, that is so good. Yeah. Oh, somebody just said, I love that prayer. Help my body respond. So good. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Well, before we say goodbye here, would you be comfortable praying for um, those that are watching? Thank you. Let's do that. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for the technology that allows us to, to gather here. We thank you, Lord, that you are the author, the creator of married sex, and that you think it is a very good thing. Lord, help us as wives to shift out of neutral and into drive. Lord, for any wife out there that is discouraged and feeling hopeless, that you would just renew in her that Uh hope that sex can be better, that as a couple, that they will try again and be patient in this process. If there's healing that needs to happen, as Jill said, it can take a long time to heal from, from very deep, painful things and that they would be patient with one another, but that they would not give up or that they would not settle and that they wouldn't surrender. Lord, we pray for the older couple the couple that's perhaps struggling with some sort of sexual dysfunction, that you as well, Lord, would would guide them to whatever resources they need to get help in this area. Lord, help us just to think, to get a really big picture of what married sex is about. And ultimately, Lord, that we will use it to to become one, um, to draw closer to one another. Mm -hmm. We love you, Lord. We thank you again for the gift of sex and help us, Lord, to value it as highly as you do. In your name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to an interview I did with Dr. Jennifer Degler in last year's Is There Really Sex After Kids online book study. You can find Dr. Jennifer online at jenniferdegler.com. Check out the show notes for specific links to resources mentioned in the episode. And if you'd like to take a next step, you can pick up a copy of Is There Really Sex After Kids on Amazon. Thanks for joining me today on the No More Perfect Podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future conversations. You can find the show notes and links to anything we talked about over at jillsavage.org slash podcast. See you next week for another not perfect, but very important conversation about the real stuff of life.